Hi everyone, my name is Omar. I'm one of the co-hosts of Real Diverse. We know it's been a while since we posted an episode. And uh, however, we had an episode recorded about COVID-19 and our experience with it, and about what we had been seeing on the news regarding Black Lives Matter. But because none of us represents the black community, it just didn't make sense to us to talk on behalf of someone else. So we ultimately made the decision to stay silent, uh, to allow the people who deserve to be heard to be heard. So thank you very much for waiting for this episode. Welcome back to Real Diverse, a podcast for young adults of different backgrounds. I'm Liana. I'm Omar. I'm Noha. And today we're going to talk about mental health. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy topic. Yeah, so if, I guess if people like find something that is triggering or something, just... Just uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Exit. Or if we say something See that's incorrect, please correct oh, us. Oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Realdiversepodcast at gmail.com is how you can get in touch with us. For me, like, seeing a psychologist is pretty frowned upon in the Asian culture. That's just, you know, not something that's accepted and people don't really go to. Um, if you go see a psychologist, people kind of think, you don't need to do that. Why are you seeing a psychologist? Are you crazy? Um, so it's kind of frowned upon. But I think with our generation now, like I feel like millennials are just a lot more open to the idea yeah. um, of, ment- of like seeing or talking to um, psychologists and whatnot. There is a movement that things are changing. Even some older people like yeah. baby boomers, their mindset is changing about mental health as well. Like slowly, but surely. Yeah. But I know with like Pakistanis, Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how this is with like uh, other Muslims, but many people's response to mental health issues is just to, they'll just say, you should pray mm-hmm. and oh, you'll feel okay. better and then um, God will make things right. But I mean, wh- whatever your views on religion is, I don't think that is the usually yeah. the correct answer to getting, you know, the, sometimes a person needs help. Yeah. And um, religion it can't be the answer to everything. No. Is, is it like that in other Muslim societies? You guys think? Or? Yeah. What What's it like so for you? Noha? For us, it's not quite. It's not really about um, the religion. It's more of a cultural thing where going to a psychologist or a counselor or something is so taboo, and and even with celebrities and stuff, they do it in secret, and then they they get asked about it in in shows, and they're like. I am not ashamed about it and stuff like that. Hmm. Um, but I'm lucky because my family was nothing like this. Um, we we are encouraged to, if we need help, to get help. But I found the first step was, um, I mean, I was in a really bad state of mind, so I don't really remember. <laughs> but I don't remember fe- feeling very thrilled about it. I thought it was going to be useless and pointless and and a lot of things and I just thought that I was I was just there was so much going on for me and I'm like I don't know if talking to someone is going to help so I had that mentality going in of like is this really going to help like I had never really seen or known anyone who became a changed person because they went to counseling. So was it your decision to go into counseling or was it like your? My I believe my sister urged me to to okay. see a counselor. Yeah. So it was it was when I first came to Canada. 
and I was really struggling with school and coping and adapting to the new life. And and I was I also got like hypothyroidism and I was like so uh, depressed and stressed and hyperthyroidism mm-hmm. also doesn't help with all of these things. It amplifies them. So I was really homesick, really depressed and always stressed. And I wasn't doing well in school, even though I was like an A plus student my whole life. Like I got into university with a $10,000 scholarship because wow. that's just how mm-hmm. fucking hard I work. <laughs> and Good on you. <laughs> so, and then I came to university and nothing was going my way. And just whole, the whole, like everything in life was just so frustrating. Mm-hmm. So my sister was the one who urged me. She was like, there's free counseling at school. Why don't you try it? And I was like, I mean, I don't think it's going to like do anything, but sure. Like I was so desperate, I guess. So like, I'm like, anything that will get me out of this, I'll do. Did you find the resources at the university helpful? Mm-mm. Okay, because I was going to say I, I did the exact same thing. And I was like, this was the worst one yet. So I don't know. <laughs> I, um, I mean, they try, but honestly, there's a cultural aspect like certain things that when you are told as an Egyptian woman, it just doesn't make sense. Okay. Like when they say things like, there's certain cultural things that they don't know about. Right. Yeah. Because they go in with an assumption that like everyone's culture is like their own and not realizing that people coming to them may be coming from different places. Yeah, but also like there's certain things that you just can't really, like I, I got asked ask things like oh why don't you just move out I'm, like that would save it's, you it's a, a whole different trouble. game when you're i know and i'm like yeah. i think it's look just at my complexion <laughs> <laughs> this isn't something i will do because there are certain rules in my culture where it means you're not respectful of certain people or or like like in the West, it's like normal, no big deal. Yeah, you but gotta like stand up for yourself. And coming like from Egypt boundaries. or Pakistan, it's like this is a huge thing. But it's even worse if it's a girl doing it. Oh, the the, the stigma, the cultural stigma <laughs> yeah. attached to that. Like a guy, sure, it, it, it might be difficult. Oh, to, like they yeah. can do it, but when a girl does it, mm. that's mm-hmm. tough. Yeah, and certain things are like they're considered disrespectful in our culture, but they're considered healthy boundaries in. I'm going to say Canadian culture. Um, So yeah, that was not helpful. So when I go, when I do go to counseling, I honestly ask for someone of color. I do too. I I ask for a woman of color. Yeah. I I specifically asked for, like I've been seeing like different women um, psychologists and (laughs) I was like, I've been seeing different women. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Ooh, Yeah, no. So I've been seeing a couple different women psychologists, um, but none that were actually like, you know, Asian Canadian or whatnot. And then just finally, uh, the most recent one that I'm seeing right now, she had asked me, she's like, how did you find me? And I'm like, honestly, I searched up Asian woman psychologist. <laughs> I <laughs> love Calgary. that. <laughs> Cause it's just, it's the, it goes back to the whole culture thing. Like maybe some of these people just don't know where I'm coming from or they just don't understand. And I did read somewhere where they said like a psychologist should be able to help you out despite, 
um, right? Yeah, I despite agree. that. And I'm like, that's that's totally valid. But I think it's also like a comfort thing. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm a little more comfortable just talking to someone that might be a little more aligned with my culture and what my experiences were growing up. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. here's the twist for me. Hmm. My current counselor, she's a white lady. Oh. She's pretty badass. She knows what she's <laughs> saying. Oh, and okay. she has really helped me, like, with changing major issues that I had. I mean, not major, but I mean, like, issues that felt huge to me. Like, things that mm-hmm. I might have had since childhood and some things like that. And it really, yeah. she really, really helped me get a different perspective on him. So you never really know who's yeah. gonna like you. It's like dating. You gotta click with the counselor. Okay, I've heard that so many times before. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad it's so expensive. <laughs> it is. Oh my gosh! Thank and God for my job. <laughs> for benefits. For benefits. <laughs> you know, like I, I just... wish this kind of thing could be covered under just like you know, like a doctor's visit could be a counselor yeah. visit. Like mm-hmm. it would help so many people. Fun fact. I think in Canada, um, if you go see a doctor and you're like struggling with mental health, the doctor can actually recommend you to a psychologist and you get like the first five sessions free. Oh, so you actually don't pay for the first five sessions or four sessions. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, I had a, a, a coworker that um, kind of told me that was her experience. So I don't know if that's how it is for everyone, but that's okay. what she kind of told me. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I wasn't in the impression that like you're on your own. Just for people who live in Calgary, there's Calgary counseling and they have, uh, what is it called? A sliding scheme or whatever it's called. Like where they basically give you a price for their services based on your income. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. So they they can be really cheap if you you don't earn a lot of money, but Mm -hmm. you can still get the help that you need. The one thing I, I, I still... Even though we say people are more open to the idea of counseling and talking about it and talking about mental health, I still sometimes worry about how I'm going to be perceived if I mention in a conversation that, yeah, I've seen a counselor before about blah, 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 or like whatever. Um, I still think there might be some judgment there. Like a stigma or some Mm -hmm. form. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I've thought that too, but I just feel like maybe it's the crowd that I'm surrounded by or like the friends that I have, but it just seems very like normalized where it's like, yeah, Yeah. everybody has a psychologist now. Everyone is talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, yeah, I don't know. When was a time in your life (laughs) when you needed to see a counselor? (laughs) That was in university. Honestly, if I had a counselor then, maybe things could have gone a little differently. No, I'm kidding. No, this is how I would have regardless. But what do you mean? Uh, for a second, I was thinking like, oh, maybe I, I, I would have um, decided not to become an artist. I'm like, ah, hell no, this is the best result. <laughs> no, if right anything, here. I think they would have helped you yeah, become an artist realize, earlier. Oh, maybe I would have dropped out. Yeah, yeah, mm, but, maybe. Uh, nowadays, I don't need a psychologist at all. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> My mental health has improved. That's great. That's good. After university, university was a bad time. I think university is a hard time for a lot of people. Like, you know how you said, Noha, when you were like, oh, I came from Egypt and I used to be straight A student. um, And then you go into university. Now the thing is you're not competing with just your classmates in high school. You're competing with like all these other people that are coming from all these other schools. And they're also like the top of the class. But honestly, it felt like we were starting at very different points Mm. where like I feel like it was not uh, like, what is it called? Like a plane 
level ground, whatever the hell level the expression is. Okay. Yes, level field. field. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a field, not a ground. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I was trying to deal with understanding a whole other culture. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I spoke English and stuff, but the culture was different. Like some things it, professors would say in, in class and everyone laughs and I'm like, I don't get it. It's not funny. I just don't get it. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to let you in on a secret. <laughs> I've been here for my whole most of my life. I still don't get many I mean, of those I jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot of things I still don't find funny because Egyptians have a very specific uh, sense of humor. humor. Um, but I've I've gotten used to it. But but not just that. It's just there's certain expressions and like just general things that other people were like give like it was a given to them. Like I'm I'm coping with culture i'm coping with and i'm like a quiet observant person so i was i don't think i had like full-on conversations with people in the first two years of me being mm. here so that was very i want to say lonely like it was isolating in a way mm-hmm. so yeah it was it was i i didn't feel like oh i'm not doing i'm not doing well in school no i felt like my life is falling apart <laughs> like my whole life is working against me yeah so it was yeah, I didn't feel like it was... It was such a big change for you as well, right? Like a whole Coming from Egypt, as yeah. well as university. Yeah. And the, 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 those first few courses aren't easy, man. I don't know why they put the, the hardest <laughs> ones first. I think it's a weeding, it's a weeding process. Like statistics? I do not have good memories about God, that. Yeah, I still have nightmares about like st- all of like statistics. The, <laughs> I know, where like we the meant. Like intro-level business courses, they were all the hardest. Like Marketing 317 <laughs> is like the hardest... M- marketing course yeah the accounting uh, 317 is the hardest which one. are like and the finance oh that finance? was the one i have no idea how i passed that class yeah, like, okay but at least we only had one finance why do we yeah. need two accounting we had two like, accounting and two statistics yeah oh my god that killed me yeah. oh my god yeah that was it was, a, it was a different time man i'm so glad we're out oh, <laughs> in one piece but now like we were talking earlier like the university I, I have to say though was a great employer i because i worked at the university it was great mm. to work there oh. to be a student mm. Mm. to be on the other side of things yeah. yeah i don't know if that was my favorite thing okay i feel like i've actually always talked to a counselor like almost my whole life is that weird like That's i remember weird, the that er- is, yeah that is normal well, this is what should be <laughs> normal tell us, so tell us more when you were younger yeah. you mean yeah. like in your teenage years and as a kid yeah no exactly like i'm i've tell always us. so i think that's why i wanted to actually go be a psychologist when i was younger like in high school i that was the occupation i wanted to go pursue um but even when i was a kid i was in csl and what so so it's sorry chinese as a second language oh. and so basically they took whoever was struggling with english when you're in elementary school and you had to go into i don't know your separate like class hour um and then you would kind of practice english right oh, yeah. and um i always felt very close with like the person like the teacher that was teaching CSL. Um, and so I was always able to talk to her and I feel like I've always had like a pretty good support system in the sense where I could always like talk to my siblings or something. Right. That was always like the entry level stage. And then I think when I went into high school, um, I actually was always in the counselor's office. I don't know if you know that, Omar, but like at lunchtime I would, actually book like some lunches and I was always talking to this one specific counselor and she was just the most amazing person I've struggled with trying to figure out what I want for a future my entire life um and so I think I talked to her more than anything and she was kind of the person that was like 
oh, wow, like maybe this is what I want to do for a living. Maybe I want to be a counselor in high school or pursue psychology or just talk to people about their issues. Um, and then when I got to university, that's when it was, like you guys said, like the worst, when you really need someone to talk to. Um, and so I did seek out like the free counseling sessions that you the university offered. Um, but I didn't get what I needed out of that. And I actually thought it was a lot better when I was talking to the U of C counselor, like in the business program that would just kind of like sort you into your classes. That <laughs> oh, lady. Like yeah. The advice uh, is that okay. Yeah. Like the advisor. advisor. Yes. Yeah. She was amazing. And I would just Which like, one was she? okay. Dude, I'm okay. going to take <laughs> Oh, oh okay. my God. I fucking love. She was the most amazing person ever. She was the one that actually convinced me that I was good enough and I was qualified to go do my study abroad in Singapore because mm. all throughout first year, second year, however many years we were in school, um, people kind of were like, well, you don't have the grades. You're not really like, you know, you're not qualified to go. Um, so you feel pretty down on yourself. Mm. And so I was always talking to her just to get me in my classes. And because of those, out of those sessions, you end up talking about other things. And I kind of viewed her as like that like mental. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That outlet, that godmother. Exactly. Mm. So yeah, I feel very fortunate that I've always kind of had someone I feel that I could look towards um, and talk about those issues or issues that I'm facing at the time. <laughs> what about you, Omar? What about me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you guys the truth. I've never had any counseling. Mm. So tell us more about, about this path of life. <laughs> like, how does Honestly, it make you feel when we talk about this? No, I, I, I encourage it. It's great. Yeah. This is how things should be. It would have helped me in my younger years as well. I don't think I need it anymore. Actually, maybe I might. Um, <laughs> maybe one day I should just try. So did you ever think, oh, I think I want to go see a counselor, but you didn't? No, I don't think I've ever thought or that. Or was it just oh. not because a, Because not it's, not, it's, not, it's not just that, like, you know, I didn't ever feel the need. I, I probably did have the need. It's just, it, like we are talking about earlier, this cultural mm -hmm. stigma, this issue. It didn't even occur to me that there could be something, you know, the matter with me that could be fixed by this other form of treatment uh, because I was so deep into it. I, I, in, in the past, I was also more religious. Back then, you know, Pakistanis are like, they would say, you know, just pray before God, put your problems before God, you know, God will make things great. So we have that concept too, but I, but I don't know if it helps with mental health. Yeah, of course it doesn't. Right? <laughs> but people will still say that. <laughs> but that's in his culture. Yeah. yeah. So. Say, it doesn't help. I'm going to say it right now. Actually, that's wrong. Maybe it, Maybe some it helps people, some people. It could yeah. help some yeah. people. Yeah. You know, people with the good relationship with the religion, you know, yeah. obviously, if that helps you, they should do mm -hmm. it. But it's no single... Um, fix can fix all problems yeah mm -hmm. there's a lot of people when they hear that that could even uh, affect them worse it could pull push them down and you know whatever hole they're in but okay so going off of your religion topic though yeah because it's totally taboo to talk about religion yeah. um i do think that having a, like this is just my opinion having a little bit of a, of a belief in something might make you a little bit more i don't want to say happy but it gives you hope or a sense yeah. of, or a feeling of hope. You know what I mean? Because 
yeah, like I grew up Christian, um, but my parents are Buddhist. And so like, you know, throughout the years, like since I was a kid, I was like always going to Sunday school, always going to mass, always going to church. Um, and then that shifted when I moved to Calgary and my parents being Buddhist, they don't go to church. And so that kind of started declining for my siblings and I. And I found that when I was younger, and it could just be because I was young, but I always found like when I was younger, I was a little happier and had I was a little more hopeful, I guess, versus yeah. now I'm a little more cynical. So is that is that a side effect of adulting? <laughs> Maybe it's adulting general, is not religion. Loss of hope, <laughs> general sadness. Yeah. This is sounding like a disease. Oh my god. Adulting is a disease. What, what are the symptoms of adulting? No, I have to say I do I do think that spirituality generally whether it's tied to a religion or not could could have a positive effect on yeah yeah your right mental health. honestly yeah I, just I, even I agree with that. that i agree with that yeah. like even meditation and like to that yeah. also like yeah Grounds sure you. if it, yeah if you if because that gives you the space to like just slow your thoughts down or whatever right? sure mm-hmm. because finality you know that can be terrifying to a lot oh of people oh my god yes if you think about um, what I mean, does that mean? Okay, when like I death. was a kid, I used to think, <laughs> yeah, but not just the, not, like not, not not like uh, the death that just like you know, cut off, boom, that's it. Mm. That's a scary thought. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure religion can help a lot of people deal with that, and they have a whole nother um, afterlife to look forward to after they die. But when I was a kid, I always used to think about like, where did everything begin? Mm. Where did it all start? Imagine yeah. if it never started. These kind of thoughts. This imagine existence. if it never started? Yeah, they, they terrified me. What do you oh, mean, imagine yeah. if it never started? Because, I don't know, for me, it just doesn't make sense. Like, everything has to start some way. Yeah. You make something, that's how it's created. You know, the, the, the matter, where does it, the energy, it just, I don't know, man. This is this is such a hard concept. Like Because there's like too many something forms, Something has too. to be made at some point. It starts somewhere. Yeah. You know what I'm I, yeah, yeah, I see what you're uh, saying. Yeah, I, I have no answers for you, man. Obviously, <laughs> answers on that question. I, if you have answers, <laughs> send us at realdiversepodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> We're open to anything. Anything at all. How did this all start? Were we did just you know put here to Judaism, suffer? Did you know that Judaism doesn't have hell and uh, heaven? That's pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I didn't what, know what's, that. What's their concept of afterlife? Yeah. Nothing. You just, you just die. Oh. It's just like you're nothing. You're just know. you stop so, existing. Matter. Well, the Hinduism I, one is nice, eh? Like reincarnation. You die, yes. you get born again. You see, that's what screwed me up as a kid, because I was always like brought up on the idea that if you're good, then you're going to heaven, and if yeah. you're bad, you're going to hell. And then when my parents, like my grand, my grandpa passed away when I was pretty young, um, and then we had to go to his funeral and his funerals like a Chinese funeral is very different. Like you got banging of drums, you have like chants all night long. Like it is like a whole ordeal for a week. Um, and I was like, why are we doing this? Like, why are you banging the drums? I was probably, what are you, how old are you when you're in grade three? I was in grade uh, three. Eight. Yeah. That's how old I was. Eight. Whatever grade Ten? three is. <laughs> yeah that age but yeah the banging of drums and you're just like you start asking questions at that age too you're like why are you banging drums like i don't understand why are you doing this ritual um and my parents were like oh you know because the spirit we have to lead grandpa's spirit to wherever so that he can go to like 
I don't know. I don't know what it is. I still don't know to this day, like heaven or reincarnation because they're Buddhist. Um, but I was like, what? And that really fucked with my head because I'm like, what do you mean? Like, that's not how it works. Yeah. So, mm. yeah. So you have like a little bit of uh, an identity crisis. Yes. Yeah. At, at 10 or whatever you are in grade three. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn somebody knows that answer email us too. <laughs> yeah. how old are you when you're in grade three okay so uh, hold on so you were brought up you were saying like catholic yeah i was parents are buddhist yeah so i was How'd brought up well okay so because i went i grew up in a small little town where i was the only minority um i had grandparents you know they often visited the restaurant and they were like Caucasian um, and they kind of like took us under their wing and they're like, well, we'll take them to church. And my dad's like, yeah, you know, we need them to grow up on good morals and ethics. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so my parents like highly encouraged us to go to church and like, you know, obtain these morals and whatnot and yeah. have these values. And so, That's nice. uh, yeah, cause there was no Buddhist church in this small town. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's why I grew up like that. But my parents have all—they were brought up Buddhist, so okay. it's just different. It's conflicting, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Is it conflicting? Yeah, because you have the idea of reincarnation mm. versus the idea of actually going to heaven, where you mm. retain your memories and like who you are as an individual mm. and the life you've lived, versus reincarnation, where you're reborn and you don't remember that. And I think that's the part that's always scared me because I'm like. I live a great life. Like I love my parents. I love my Aww. family. I don't like, I don't want to forget like you guys, my friends, like that's, it's, it's not death that scares me. It's losing the memories that terrifies me. I'm probably going to have, thought. yeah, I'm going to probably have Alzheimer's when I'm older. Oh, like, let's knock on wood guys. <laughs> <Where's> <laughs> wood? Yeah, that is probably one of the most terrifying things about getting older. Exactly. Alzheimer's, when you think about like losing yeah. your memories. Oh my God. Hopefully, okay. science progresses in that much time. Yeah. And uh, oh, there's doubt. Okay. <laughs> I am a skeptical person, <laughs> which really doesn't help with my mental health. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, everything will end. Everything sucks. Oh, gosh. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we are clearly the optimists. <laughs> yeah, you're obviously. <laughs> so going back to our mental health. Yeah. <laughs> When was the second worst time in your life? <laughs> was the second, second worst. <laughs> maybe, oh maybe we should bring tie this into like how mental health is affected with social your media. journey? <laughs> I was going to say social media. but Because okay. <laughs> we all know social media is now a new form of mental health. Social media mm -hmm. is, is, is a horrible thing for mental health. Honestly, exactly. just straightforward. It is really bad yeah yeah i mean it doesn't really affect me right now but when i was younger mm -hmm. um like late teens early 20s just oh looking at people's facebook oh they went and traveled there they're doing this they got this job you just have to draw that comparison you compare yourself but in in that moment you don't consider that they have a different set of challenges you have a different set of challenges mm -hmm. they have a different set of privileges you have a different set of privileges everybody's uh, destiny path is different. Th yeah. different things are going to go differently we can't compare no that's true yeah did you guys always end up comparing yourselves yeah I, yeah i think especially with i think facebook i wasn't as bad but as soon as instagram came around in what 2012 20 when did instagram come 2011 something like that um yeah no it got i think 
you see where everyone else is at in life and you're kind of like, well, they're three years younger than me. Why am I not at that same place in life? Or, wow, how are they living this like crazy extravagant life or doing all these things and so successful at such a young age and I haven't accomplished anything, right. you know? And and I think that's where it gets really yeah. toxic. I, and another thing we don't think about is nobody's going to post their disappointments to exactly. Instagram. Mm-hmm. So all we see is their whitewashed, positive, amazing life. Actually, you know, your own Instagram might look like that to somebody else as well. It does. It totally does. We're, we're, we're not, we're not uh, posting our own heartbreaks on yeah. our Instagram as well. Neither should we, but w- there should be a, a way that we can have this in mind. I, I don't know how we yeah. do it. But. Well, for me, I kind of make peace with, like, I don't really compare myself to other people on social media. Yeah. Um, you are strong. No. <laughs> very, very strong. It's though. because I realize that I just, I, there's certain challenges that I face that other people don't have to necessarily go through. And yeah. I'm like, well, if it takes me, like, if I, I don't know, get a house at 50 years old, so be it. Like, I just started from a different point and... I'm just going to have to take my time with everything. So like I'm one of the people who haven't gotten a chance to travel or or like, I don't know, like when people have like kids or either like managers and jobs or like things like that, I'm like, well, I moved countries and I had to cope with a whole different country and I have a whole degree in my second language and I like things that they probably didn't have to deal with. Um, so I, I consciously realized that there's just different, there's different set of rules for each person. And I, I don't think it's, there's a right or wrong time to do something. Yeah. If I, if I get to travel at 30, mm-hmm. so be it. At least I went to Paris at 30, you know, like yeah. I don't, it's, there's certain things I lived that, uh, that they probably didn't. Exactly. Like, I wish I got to move countries at, like, the age that you moved. Like, honestly, like, that might be something that... I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like, to me, that is a goal for me, right? Like, Mm. I wish I could have done that. And I have a friend, her cousin is, like, 20 years old, and he just immigrated to Canada from the UK. And I think what I wouldn't give to go back in time and do the same thing. Like, I wish I could have done what you did and just Mm. moved a completely different continent you know yeah Yeah. another thing we should think about is that uh, i feel like we glorify our 20s too much like this is when things are supposed to happen who said who said that the 20s are supposed to be like a good time in your life Mm -hmm. because i just find that there's so many identity issues that you have yes because you are still learning who you are Mm -hmm. and there's so many new experiences that you're exposed to and you have no idea how to deal with it and you're learning by making mistakes or not but i mean you do and it's just very confusing time oh yeah yeah like i can't wait to be 30 or like 42 (laughs) or something like yeah, well, who made this rule that everything has to happen in your 20s? You have to make it as whatever you're doing. You can Especially, do it in your 30s, your 40s. Life yes, is long. I agree. What are you supposed to do for the rest of your life? Especially <laughs> with relationships. I yeah. feel there's so much societal pressure oh. to have like had certain experiences or not or like stuff like that in your 20s. And I'm like, who made the rules? Like, why do I have to? I mean, thank God I don't really feel that pressure for real. But mm-hmm. who says I have to get married at like in my late 20s or like yeah. in early 30s? Like, who made the rules? I know. Right. Society. <laughs> mm. Well, it's not working for me, society. So 
you gotta <laughs> fix your timeline <laughs> but dating we will talk about that in another episode yeah. so Stay tune tuned. in <laughs> yeah. make sure to hit that follow button <laughs> yes rate and review please because that also <laughs> helps us yeah, can put us on charts and going back to the whole comparison yeah. thing when i always so as an actor mm. an actor with no acting what's it what, background no connections or anything like that i would always look up like when did this actor when did this actor get yes. that feature film and it would always many times it would be early 20s man they were a child actor but then you look up like oh they were connected to this the industry mm-hmm. they were this yeah. they were that or but sometimes you can or you can even look for her. but then later on i found these other actors that became actors later in life as well jessica chastain yeah it is I mean, it's just to put it does it matter <laughs> No, when she's start, amazing like, anyway. <laughs> especially for people who don't have connections. Yeah. Yeah. Who who are doing something that is kind of different from their whatever their so-called destiny mm-hmm. uh, had set them on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what about Jessica Chastain? When did she start? I think, I don't want to just say another like random me... number, but I think she was 38. 38? Or something. Oh, wow. Can you look Jessica it up? Jessica Chastain? Please really? Me. Oh, she, she was in a Zero Dark 30, right? Yeah, which You're, I have not seen. No, I've never finished. I never, I never finished Zero Dark 30. I don't know. It pissed me off. It sounded too intense for me. Mm-hmm. And, and the things that have minutes, to do with... But there's just this one line. Let me tell you. I don't know why, but like in the first 10 minutes, Jessica Chastain is there and um, and they're in Pakistan. First of all, the film is not shot in Pakistan. No Hollywood film is shot in Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And um, some dude asks her what do you think about pakistan or how do you like pakistan and she says it's fucked up oh. <laughs> we're gonna have to do a little check on that before we publish this episode but anyway i mean it's okay we can we can bother me well duh. okay she started years active is 2004 how old was she <laughs> gotta do the math here but i don't know is that even jessica chastain that was jessica chastain yeah, yeah, she was in that I, that hmm just wasn't into it. I just couldn't finish the movie. Maybe they said something different, but right there, they're just like, it's... It just pissed you off. It's just, I don't know. I don't want to, I didn't want to finish it. Yeah. See, some things in Hollywood, I just don't watch because I know I will get mad. Because honestly, I I know that some people just don't really believe in this stuff, but I really think representation is so important. Oh, it is. And... So and much. I always feel either misrepresented or just completely like feel like people are just getting misguided and getting the wrong information about yeah. the Middle East and like Arab countries or like, yes, wh- wh- why Leanna do they gotta put a filter number. on every time they go to the Middle East? I know it's like you know how it, like when they shoot things that are supposedly in Mexico, there's this orange filter yeah, on everything. Right. I I despise that. <laughs> how old was Jessica Chastain? Twenty-seven. <laughs> That's okay. okay too. <laughs> I am currently uh, 27, so. Where is your movie contract? <laughs> I, well, I'm waiting, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, get some representation. That was when she did her first movie? Yeah, it says 2004, which was. But 27 is actually like for an actress? Older. Uh, it's, it's older. That's yeah. older. Yeah, they usually. But start, that's still like, like not 20s. a normal or whatever normal is considered. But yeah, that's good. She made it happen. That, that's amazing. Yeah. Good for her. Why did I think she was 32? <laughs> no, she's it's not that far off. She really. said something. Close enough. Close yeah. yeah, she said something I think in an interview. Anyway, yeah. it's not the point. Yeah, mental also, health. Also, she's guys. white. So, <laughs> I don't know if... My facts were also wicky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just hit the edit button. Academic, yeah, <laughs> Academic sources. Yeah. I mean, we're open to being uh, fact-checked and corrected. Yeah. Yeah, just so, tell us, man. Another thing I think is huge with social media is like body image. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you guys feel like you... Yes. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yes, we've thought about Botox, plastic surgery. Like, of course, yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. 
But okay. in terms of being an actor, <laughs> when I look at many other actors, yeah, I always find like, man, look at these. I hate to say it, but like the skinny guys who are like short and stuff. But they're all. Like, I mean, that's okay. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but consistently, it seems to happen that lead actors have this certain kind of body type. And then I look at myself, and I'm like, whoa, man, I'm kind of different looking from these people. It also has to do with my skin color, facial features that come from being non-white as well. And then I just draw that comparison. I don't know. It's it's an irrational thing. If we're but Omar, Omar, in case there's any single ladies out there, Omar has a great body. The man works out all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm blushing. <laughs> but but okay. But when I look at like okay, going back. Thank you. <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. Well, follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> What is your Instagram again? Uh, um, Instagram.com slash Omar Java. It's very easy to spell. Okay. O-M-A-R-J-A-V-A. I mean, speaking of my irrational feelings towards body types of an actor, obviously it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, that's the whole thing about this. I don't think it makes any sense. It's just we love to see ourselves as inferior the grass is greener on the other side oh what if i was smaller but it's also because again there's just no representation you haven't seen actors who are brown and are like right even the brown guys who are out there like riz ahmed i love him amazing actor but he's not like me Mm. as well in fact nobody's like me in uh, hollywood now that i think about it hollywood hire him he's not like anyone (laughs) thanks for the shout out (laughs) this is the omar fan club (laughs) yeah you can join it on Instagram. <laughs> hey, maybe we'll call you on the show. I don't know. <laughs> well, okay. But last thing I'm gonna say: if I, if I, if you go back, yeah, in time. But I mean, obviously, it was white. I dominated. have a time machine. Oh, you do. We can go back. In time. Good. Good. Okay. Sorry, keep going. Um, where was I going? Go with back this? in time. Ooh, if you could go back in time. I don't know where I was going with this anymore. <laughs> Okay. Okay. No. So what I was talking about is if you look at past actors, even though it was white dominated, hmm. there seems to be a little bit more diversity in how these people look. Like you know, faltering hairlines, hmm. a little fatter. They're not perfectly beautiful looking people. Even even Marlon Brando, when I see him, I'm like, oh, this is a a big tall guy. He's not just like Tom Cruise is small, and I mean, hmm. good for Tom Cruise. No hating. No hating on anybody. But <laughs> no hate. No I, shame. I just wish I. Uh-huh. Where was I going with this? <laughs> I don't even know. I you just basically, are you, I want are you, more diversity, body types. Yes. Thank you. Color of skin, you know, language, everything, man. Yeah. Airlines, just yeah. l- l- let's, let's diversify. So three writers hmm. that I really respect. And I'm like, I wish Hollywood was full of these people. Sorry, three writers? Yes. Okay. Um, Mindy Kaling. Oh, yeah. yes, I love her. Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Sam Esmail. Oh. Give us an example of each one's work. So, yeah. Mindy Kaling has made Never Have I Ever. That's on Netflix, not sponsored, but should be. <laughs> and she's on The Office as well. <laughs> and she was on The Office, but the, I don't think, I mean, I don't know if she I think wrote, she wrote some of it as well, okay. if you look at the credits. Yeah, yeah and she also wrote The Mindy Project and like she yeah. wrote a book and all this kind of stuff. She's pretty badass. But. Yeah. And uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge wrote... Killing Eve, she wrote. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Okay. Mm. She's pretty good. Yeah. And she wrote um, Fleabag and I don't know what else, but both of these are really good. And Sam Ismail wrote, 
Mr. Robot and Homecoming. No. Uh, and other things, of course. Those are but big projects, but in, yeah. in the, the thing that I always see in these three writers' work is um, that you would see an Asian person or a brown person or a black person or just a person of color and their character just happens to be that color but it has nothing to do with their color. Like no. like a cop who is Asian. But yeah. it doesn't have anything Like it has nothing there. to do with the stereotypes that you see in Hollywood all the time. Right. It has nothing to do with... But that... For me, as a as a, a an audience member, I like it. Like I yeah. like seeing yeah. people. Uh, like you would see, and like, uh, and also just a certain certain stereotypes are just not there. Like a detective, right. and regardless right. of the mm-hmm. character's color, yeah, the detective wasn't like a a badass, mysterious, like we'll crack the case in like two seconds and all this kind of stuff. No, yeah. he was a clumsy klutz who would just fall over all the time and is not is not assertive and stuff okay. like that so it's it, it's like normal people exactly thank you <laughs> yeah. that's exactly the word i this perfect <laughs> no so, i yeah. like that i like because uh, that gives you a lot more representation too especially like when you said like the asian cop because you know asians growing up probably similar to you guys you get like the main what you're supposed to be, your main careers. You're either going to be a doctor, mm-hmm. a lawyer, or an engineer. Mm-hmm. Take your Trinity. pick. Yeah, exactly. So it's like to say that, oh, you see when you're a kid, if you're a little boy and you see like a cop on TV that is Asian and you're like, oh my gosh, I could be that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to be tied down tied down to like those three careers, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, so I don't good. know. It just, it just feels good when you see it in a project. It's just, yeah. I was watching this animated show, actually, Castlevania. Okay. It's called, and it's about vampires, and it's fantasy. But even in that, when I saw that, wow, a Muslim character exists in this world, oh. for me, it was like, whoa. Right. In, like, Sam Ismail's Mr. Robot, there <laughs> was a Muslim character who was a hacker, and it had nothing to do with her faith. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it, you... She doesn't even talk about her faith. Like, who cares? Oh, it's a she too. It's a she too. Yeah, when you exactly. Automatically say hacker. I thought a guy. Yeah, like, because that's, that's what yeah. I see. Like representation. Yeah, Everybody that's can be awesome. Anything. Yeah. Right. Doesn't matter what size you are. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to body type, then yeah. Noha. Yes. What 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 do you think about it? Are I, you influenced? Am I influenced? I'm sure there is like subconscious things, but I generally, of course, there's like certain ideas about like having a belly or not and like yeah. being uh, being fit mm-hmm. maybe that's something i that affects me more being fit i feel like if i'm not working out which honestly most <laughs> of the time i'm not <laughs> me too i that means i'm not fit that means i will be you know thin fat you know this there's a <laughs> monologue by uh ashling b she was like talking about how her mom was telling her like about the magazine that tells you that there's different types of body types where you can be fat thin 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 fat you can be oh, like fat fat or thin thin and all of these things are just like honestly things you see in media mm-hmm. and i always think in the back of my head i am thin fat oh. i mean i don't even know what what the de- definition is it fat thin I think, something no, I think, where yeah. you like you look thin you're but fat. you're 
sure. Skinny like fat, you're, right? you're, you look something, but you just aren't fit. Honestly, what's the point of this label? It's just, mm-hmm. I feel it's I so I think pointless. it's capitalist to, to get you to buy things and yeah, um, go like sign up for gym day. memberships. Oh, God. It's just like you never use. <laughs> yeah, well, which I've never Honestly, got. a lot of our anxieties probably have to do with people trying to sell us shit. Yeah. Yeah. But body type and mental health is a... Yeah, it is. It's very tied together. I mean, not body type, but it's your... And the pressures. The pressures of yeah. having a certain body type. Oh, yeah. As, like being Asian, like Asians are supposed to be petite and super small yeah. and extremely skinny. And if you, know, you don't fall into that that type, um, your family's very vocal to call you out on it. So like growing <laughs> up, no, yeah, mm. growing up, my family has always kind of told us <laughs> that we are very fat. <laughs> like we are big boned. We are big. <laughs> and like I but just remember. But you're not fat at all. <laughs> thank you. But I remember sitting in the car one time and my aunt, she started like taking her hand and measuring my oh god <laughs> and i was no no i'm not lying and i was i think i was 13 13 or 14 and she like you know you're going through puberty at that age you're not going to be like skin tiny forever <laughs> and so she was like oh leanne i think you i think you gained some weight like you should probably Whoa. go to the gym from now on when you were 13 when i was 13 and i started like you know you hips are developing people i know <laughs> yeah i have a different story i yeah. i hear your story <laughs> <laughs> and i so when i was 13 a family member mm-hmm. not in my direct family someone else wider circle but still family member uh said something that was equivalent to, you should tell your mom to buy you bras. What? <laughs> what? And I literally, I'm like, I felt so ashamed at the time. Yeah. But now, I'm like, Excuse what me. the hell? <laughs> Excuse <laughs> you. What is that? <laughs> Eyes up here. But yeah, there is definitely like people, people have opinions about your body. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and you, you learn about this really young Mm -hmm. and it's not cool. Yeah. I think that definitely takes a toll into your mental health for sure. Like it's always, especially when it's impacting you at a young age, like you're always going to think back on that. You know what I mean? Like I used to be called a bony when I was a kid Mm because I was a thin little child and I mean right now I don't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) but at the time I was like oh I'm a bony person and it sucked Mm. and I'm like screw you they were just jealous exactly (laughs) yeah there you go I know it's so messed up like you think about it it's something that really really helped me in like serious talk though with anything related to mental health is that once you really deep, deep down believe that people act because of who they are, not because of who you are and what you are, it becomes it like this has really helped me in life. Like every time I was bullied or anything, now it even though I have definitely internalized a lot of stuff, but now I with the stuff that I consciously am aware of, I know that it just speaks of who they are, not yeah. who I am. And so, yeah, comments about my weight or like my appearance or stuff like that, I they don't really get to me anymore because I'm like, oh, that's because you're jealous. 
Yeah, or their insecurities mm-hmm. or whatnot. That's yeah. a good way to look uh, at it, actually. Yeah, or like you are insecure about your eyebrows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> or you're insecure about your butt. <laughs> you go ahead and work on that. <laughs> but it really it took me. Honestly, I got there maybe last year. I was 26. It took me 26 years to get there. That's good. Where I was like, hold okay. on, what is it? Mm-hmm. What is it that's wrong here? Is it really me? Is there something I should be fixing? Yeah. Or or am I just seeing it through their eyes? And yeah, it really helps. It really helped me. This was Real Diverse. I am Noha. I'm Liana. I'm Omar. Tune in next time. Follow us on Instagram at Real Diverse Podcast. And share your own issues with adulting at realdiversepodcast at gmail.com.